Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. I spotted, though, in the Irish Independent this morning um, an article calling on calling for seaweed to be rebranded as a vegetable and actually incorporated into our daily lives. And it's not the Independent calling for this. It was a UN advisor <laughs> has made this remark. And uh, Marie Power, who's the sea, the seagardener.com, is um, with us on the programme today. Marie, where did your passion for seaweed come from? Uh probably um, started off with an interest in Rocky Shore Ecology, to be honest, Andrea. Um, I was involved in a, a little festival here in Tremor in County Waterford back in the early noughties, and we um, got interested, really, in what was growing there. But we'd had it as children. Um, it was around, like, you know, I'd say up to the 70s or 80s even, it was still uh, eaten around the coast. Things like Dillisk, you might have heard of. Yeah. Uh, although you're from the, the top end of the country North now, it might be called yeah. Dulce up there. <laughs> um, but it's the same thing. Um, Carrageen Moss, uh, Slaucon, all those things. Um, and they were eaten, they were given to us as children, which was, you know, because they were so healthy and good for you. But um, when I sort of came came back uh, to using seaweed myself, and my own kids were, were young and teenagers and that, um, I took the approach that that UN guy is recommending, which is to just chop it up small and put it into everything you're eating because um, the nutritional benefits are without question. And the, But the taste is something that's new for a lot of people. And it's, um, it, I mean, some people absolutely adore it and they'll eat a piece of dillisk and they're addicted and they love it or people remember their granny having it or they're granted, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, what does have it a taste memory. like, Marie? Pardon? What does it taste like? Um, there's about, there's several different species in Ireland that are edible. There's over a dozen that are edible. And um, they've all got a distinctive taste. So the brown ones, like the kelps and that, they're very, um, they've got a very strong, uh, what the Japanese call umami, which would be a kind of a savoury taste. But then you take something like um, sea lettuce, and um, one of our local chefs, Peter Everett, is just starting to use that now on a, a scallop starter. And that's just like a light little crisp. It's almost like a little bit of um, a mild flavoured uh, spinach or kale. Mm. And, um, well, I was just going to say, I yeah. imagine that seaweed is, um, well, like the, like the crispy kale is lovely, but sure, isn't, isn't everything fried in, I know, with I salt? Know. <laughs> so, I know. But yeah. I imagine it's very like kale. Yeah, D- different different species. There's one, there's another species called pepperdillus, which actually does taste peppery. But um, they've got different flavors, um, and all of them, um, I suppose, all of. I mean, they're all salty to a degree. You know, you know that's because they're growing in mm. seawater. Um, but um, the flavors are, are different. Uh, we bring people out foraging and give them a taste, and say people taste something like sea spaghetti. And they're blown away by it because um, it, between the taste... Have you tasted that one? No, no? I haven't, okay. no. Um, so it's just got a very different uh, texture and, and taste. You know, they're, they're, all, they're all quite different. There's greens, reds and browns. And um, as I said, the browns are the most savoury tasting. But then something like dillisk is you, traditionally in, in Waterford, well, all around the coast, really, dillisk would have been just dried. Uh, with the salt water on the surface. Yeah. So the first thing you get when you put a piece of dillisk in your mouth is saltiness. But when that wears off, then there's a whole other layer of flavours. And people have described it to me as anything from a taste like fish to mussels to, 
oysters maybe or something like that. I think you know? I've had it in gin. You have, you could have. Yeah, yeah. that's one of the, you know, instead of the the orange and the lemon and the lime and all that. Yeah, yeah I think that's there's an a... interesting one. Yeah, I mean, the chefs, some of the chefs are doing amazing things with it and, and even mixologists are, are using it. Um, and there's somebody ma- in Wales making a gin that has seaweed in it. But I yeah. would, uh, every autumn I would throw, like before the dillis goes out of season, I would throw a little bit into a bottle of gin um, so that when Christmas comes, you can have uh, Dillis tasting gin yeah. or our gin tasting Dillis which is nice too Absolutely but listen you're, you're not just going down to the beach now and plucking this off it are you and like throwing it into seaweed spaghetti or what surely it has to go through some sort of a a process or something Yeah um, the easiest way to do it um, to use seaweed I think the easiest way for most people uh, you know because not everybody lives near a beach and so on um, and obviously it can't be just any beach it has to be a one with with clear water, clean water, you know, that's been mm. tested. All our local authorities test the water quality all the time in the summer. Um, and we're lucky to have uh, enough clean beaches, but there are places to avoid as well. But aside from that, um, I think the easiest way to use it is in a dried milled form. And we make a range of um, seaweed blends and there's kind of one for every type. There's six in the range and whether you want it for a salad or a stir fry or a soup or a smoothie, or a cake, there's kind of one. And what we've done is we've we've sort of um, worked to find the best combination of flavours. And these are milled quite small. Some of them are smaller, like than smaller pieces than three millimetres. So if you can imagine your your dried herbs, like yeah. in a cupboard, uh, um, these these look um, are like that. And you would use them in the same way. And and, and as I was saying earlier, because of the different flavour combinations, you get. Um, you know, you get some that are more suitable for, for, for savoury uses, like, a, say, a soup or a stew. Whereas for a salad, you would want something that's quite nice and light and that just gives you a little bit of kick of flavour. Yeah. And apart from the flavour, like, you're getting nourishment as well. Well, of it's course. good for the immune system, isn't it? It's zinc, yeah. isn't that the big thing? Zinc. Um, I'd say iodine is probably one of the biggest things. A lot of us are, are deficient in iodine because we've been, we've been farming intensively in Ireland now for nigh on 50 years. And we've lost a lot of iodine. It get, just gets washed out when 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 okay. the rain falls. So, but there's plenty of it in the sea, and um, there's lots of it in seaweed. And it's uh, it's a very important nutrient, yeah. as you say, for the immune system. Well, but it's very important in brain development as well. Well, I see Vincent is it Domizel who's actually written the book, The Seaweed Revolution. Uh, suggests seaweed pancakes, seaweed tartare, and even chocolate seaweed mousse should be on the menus in homes and restaurants. There's something for your lunchtime. Another listener here has got in contact. There's an Irish cookbook for seaweed called Irish Seaweed Cookbook. It's by a doctor called Pranny Rattigan and has lots of recipes incorporating various seaweeds. Uh, Jerry is texted him. There's a fantastic gin distilled in Donegal. It's the one I was thinking of. Uh, is it? I'm not sure 100% though how to pronounce it, but I know it is by the Sleeve League Distillery Company. Uh, Dooleman, I think yeah. is how they actually pronounce it. Um, Dooleman. Dooleman, yes, yeah. That's Dooleman it. And is channel rack, yeah. And that's where they, they put the seaweed uh, into yeah. it for, for something different. Is there a big like interest in seaweed at the minute? It's um, huge. Marine, um, yeah. I, I wrote my own book in 2013 called The Sea Garden and that's got recipes in it as well and okay. foraging tips and so on. Well, and that, take into a bit of seaweed. Um, at the time I wrote that, I kind of thought this is a handbook for people who've never picked seaweed before. And at the time, I would get like 50-50 reaction from people, one of which was, oh yeah, I love seaweed or I remember my nanny had it, to, my God, you, can, you don't eat seaweed, yuck, like. Now, if I'm talking to people about seaweed, 
Um, and, and lots of people, we bring people down foraging to the beach, like, you know, just to show them what they can pick themselves. And the first people will now say to you, which seaweed would be the best to use for a seaweed bath or which one yeah. should I put into my um, into my risotto? Like, and, and so the knowledge has really come on. I it's think, got notions. It's I the think. new avocado, Marie. That's that's what's happened now, and it'll it'll be a, a real hipster um, addition, I'd say, to the to the menus as well. Listen, thanks a million, Marie, for joining us on the program. I didn't know there was so much to to seaweed, but anyway, uh, Marie Power from the Seagardener dot com. If you want more details, there you can get them uh, from Marie's website. Lunchtime live with Andrea Gilligan, brought to you by Avant Money, weekdays at midday on News Talk.